Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Yas FM. You're with Kath Kovac on Women's Voices. I hope you're all having a great day. So I have a bit of a, a special guest today. It's something a little bit different to normal. I've got Jasmine Fellows in the studio here with me. How are you going, Jasmine? Great. Thanks, Kath. So nice to be here today. Thanks for inviting me on the show. All right. Um, so, Jazz, um, I've known Jazz for since the early 2000s. And um, the reason why we have worked together at CSRO um, many years ago mm-hmm. and um, when we were both working at CSRO uh, Education on um, working with the Helix magazine and Scientific Magazine and um, all sorts of stuff about science communication. But uh, Jazz is not here today to talk about science communication. <laughs> um, instead, we thought that today it would be really good to talk about um, music and having music uh, as a hobby. So this is something that I've always been involved in and I think it's a really important um, important thing for people to do. So... Um, Jazz, do you want to just tell us a little bit about, um, well, tell us why you suggested to me that topic of music as a hobby today and why you'd like to talk about it? Yeah, certainly. Um, because I suppose it's been a hobby for me since as long as I can remember. I started playing music when I was four years old. I wouldn't call it a hobby back then. It was um, some music lessons that were Mm, probably a little more on the stressful side, as I'm sure some listeners out there will uh, resonate with. Uh, but over time, it's become a really important part of my life. I've played lots of different instruments and music as a hobby has really allowed me to connect with communities as I've travelled around the country. I've lived in lots of different places in Australia and I've always been able to reach out to wonderful musicians and find my people. Mm, mm. Yeah, it has a way... Um a really amazing way of connecting people, doesn't it? Hmm. Just it can change the um, the mood, like in a room or in a in anywhere, just instantaneously. Just yesterday, I saw this random video on um, Facebook of a guy who got on a train in Melbourne, commuter train, and he uh, handed out lyrics to a song, and then he pulled out a ukulele. <laughs> And um, uh, he just started singing this song and people were kind of looking at him a bit amused, you know, and then a couple started singing along and then like within, a, you know, 30 seconds or so, most of this train was kind of at least humming or singing along with this song and, and people who weren't singing were just smiling and laughing and you could just see that everyone was so instantly, you know, connected just for this like three minutes on this train where everyone else, where normally everyone would be just looking at their phones or, you know, reading a book or whatever and um, completely ignoring each other. And it was just like they were, boom, it was like this sudden family. Mm, It's phenomenal. It's almost like magic, isn't it? Yeah. And that emotional element that you've brought out there, I think that's a really important part of um, why I've chosen music as a hobby because it just helps me get all those feelings out, whether I'm listening to music, whether I'm playing music myself or just singing. It is just that great way to, to channel that energy and really also feel heard when you connect with an audience. Mm. Yeah. Getting emotions out is a big thing, isn't it? Um, I mean, are you a shower singer? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> are you too, Kat? Yeah, that's where I do most of my well-known singing. <laughs> and I think that's okay and that's part of it. I think often there's this pressure um, and it's the kind of pressure I was referring to growing up taking music lessons is that there's this 
often this talent stream for music where people go, oh, okay, only people with, you know, the so-called talent get to do the music. And no, I, I don't believe in that. I think it is that community um, thing, bringing people together. And it's actually okay to sing in the shower. It's okay to not play something perfectly. People are actually much more happy to see you having a good time or expressing yourself. You know, you could watch someone uh, do an absolutely technically perfect performance in music and not necessarily be moved by it because the emotion's not there, right? Mm. Yeah, that's a really big part of it. And so many people, um, as you say, think that things have to be perfect and all that means is that they end up not doing something because they're scared that they're not perfect. I mean, you know, I'm also one of those people. Uh, I do, I have sung and played in public before, um, but it took me a very long time to get to the point where I, I was like in the end, okay, stuff it, you know, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, you know, um, I'm a, I'm a shower singer, you know, in fact, in, um, in Gunning near where I live, there's actually a group of um, people who I have, gone to sometimes along with them and they actually call themselves the shower singers you know it's just a group of people who just get together none of them are professional trained singers you know at all um and they just sort of get together and just sing a few songs and and it's just it's just about that that um being together enjoying that and then you know they sometimes provide little concerts just at very simple like community events But um, it's just such a great thing. And I actually read a, a, a because because Jazz and I both have a bit of a background in science, so I just say a couple of science nerdy things. I actually read something about the acoustics in the shower, and ah. and um, and um, about how the was it the the height? Did I read this in the Helix? I think I might have read it in the Helix. There was something about um, the the height of the shower or the. Um, the, there's something about a bathroom, the tiles, the reflection yeah. of the sound and, and the acoustics and how they're affected by um, whether the water's on or off or whether the, how high the shower is or whatever and you could calculate something about That's amazing. <laughs> the acoustics <laughs> of your shower. I'm just thinking, where would I read something like that? Yeah, it's in the Helix, which is the um, just a little plug for you know Science oh, Magazine for you. Children um, if if nobody knows that. So the Helix has been running for many years and it's a fantastic science magazine for your kids and you know sign up for it. Um, <laughs> Dads and I have both been editors of that magazine in our past. Um, so there's a bit of a connection there. Um, yeah, so how did you um, – did you have – did you say you had lessons as a child or you have never had actual music lessons? I have had music lessons. So I started playing piano at the age of four and had one of those teachers that was really strict and it became quite a stressful experience. So I'm – very glad to have changed over to playing cello at the age of eight and that was an opportunity from my school uh, my public school in Western Australia they had this great program where I could go and get these free cello lessons and I did that for my uh, primary school years and into high school and then I picked up a few other instruments over time uh, bass guitar because I wanted to play in bands as a teenager and uh, it was a reasonable transition from cello to bass guitar and I also played oboe for a little while because there were some lessons offered in that uh, and yeah since then uh, I've I picked up ukulele a few years back when my daughter was little because um, my stepdaughter she plays ukulele and I 
uh, went to take her to the music shop to buy her own ukulele when my little one was just a few weeks old. And I was just so inspired by her ability to pick up this little instrument and play it because she was learning through school that I was like, oh, this is going to be a great instrument for this time of my life because um, it's great for nursery rhymes, the ukulele. And, um, yeah, you know, you spend a lot of time watching small children in the bath, <laughs> mm-hmm. making sure they don't drown and, you know, Playing a ukulele and learning a few chords and singing some nursery rhymes is just a lovely experience mm. and something to enjoy mm. while you're going through that process. Yeah, that's um, uh, true. Like um, uh, with the kids, I remember just you're always sort of playing music and, and singing along, aren't you? Mm. You know, and those kinds of tunes are, are catchy and, and simple and fun to play. It's funny you mentioned the cello, bass, guitar, because I remember when I was in high school, I also started piano lessons quite young, not four, maybe about seven. Um, and uh, and then in high school, I wanted to play the cello, and they did have one in the class, but it was, or in the school, it wasn't terribly high quality. And the neck actually used to keep falling off the cello, and I glued it back on <laughs> And um, in the end, it was um, decided that... Um, that that cello was like not going yeah. no good and not going to be fixed or usable and there was no money for a new cello. So I actually started playing the bass guitar instead yeah. in high school. So I did play that a bit. Um, so there was that yeah, transition, like you say, from cello to bass guitar. But I've always still loved the cello and um, I've often wanted to get back to it. And then I said to myself, oh, you know, when my youngest child starts some primary school, I'll have more time and I'll maybe I'll do some cello lessons, you know. And so he is now in um, grade nine. <laughs> I still haven't done anything about it, but yeah. yeah. And there yeah. is always that, oh, I'll come back to it later thing. Um, and then a couple of years ago, there was a, a trigger for me to um, really take that time to do some more lessons. And it was piano in particular, because I, I actually really enjoy playing the piano, but I just had that really terrible experience uh, as a child so it kind of put me off but um yeah a couple of years ago my mum was diagnosed with cancer and I realized suddenly that you know maybe I can't keep putting these things off in life and you know that idea of oh I'll wait till I retire to um to take these lessons it it just really hit home that okay no if I want to do it do it now and you know, it's okay that I've taken that time out to do something for me and nobody else needs to hear me play. It doesn't matter. It was just something really special for me and it felt really good and it was really meditative and it got me through those years. Mm. Yeah, it's so true about not putting things off. Um, although, of course, it is perfectly possible to pick up something in a retirement and a friend of mine in Canberra started playing, learning violin lessons when she was about 76 mm. or 77, which I thought was um, great. You know, there's, it's never too late, isn't it? Never to too late. Up. Absolutely. Yeah, I've heard that one as well from a few people. Oh, you know, it's it's too late. Oh, you know, I don't want to learn to sing now. I, I should have done it when I was young. Just just go for it. I yeah. Think. You yeah. know, again, it doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody else has to hear it mm. as long as you're having a good time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so I hope that everyone's been able to hear Jazz. I only just realised that she was sitting a bit back from the microphone. That's community radio for you. Um, but I heard everything you said and it was all fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the the ukulele is a, um, is, is, is a fun one, isn't it? Because it's just... It's so much easier in some way to play than the guitar. I started teaching myself the guitar a few years ago um, and, you know, it's a bit of a challenge. And I just found that I saw someone playing ukulele and then I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realise that you could play chords like just with one finger (laughs) on the ukulele. That's really cool, you know. So I um, ended up... um, going on an overseas trip two years ago and buying a small ukulele, small enough to fit in the suitcase. And I thought, okay, while I'm overseas for seven weeks, I'm going to teach myself, you know, to play the ukulele. And um, and I played it once <laughs> on one night. <laughs> it's a lot of carrying. Or... <laughs> well, luckily it was just one of those little soprano yeah. ones. Um, and... Um, and that was only because I'd hurt my foot and I was sitting around on the couch feeling sorry for myself and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll pull this ukulele out and the rest of the time it just never, ever happened. So there was a lesson there. Don't. Um, in fact, when I went a second time, a friend said to me, do not take any musical instruments this time or any new hobbies because yeah. <laughs> you're just not going to do it. So, um, yeah, uh, tell, tell me a bit about your love for the ukulele. Ah, well, connected to that idea, my friend Meredith Harper, who I play with in the bla- in the band The New Black, she says four fingers, four strings, you know, ukulele, it makes a lot of sense. Um, guitar is a lot more complicated and I also find myself struggling to get my hands around the chords on that. Um, but it is portable and I, it's great. Like there are just so many community ukulele groups where people come together and sing and play and I've made some wonderful friends through that. So that is all part of the love of ukulele. Mm. So on YesFM, we are talking, or I am talking to uh, Jasmine Fellows about music as a hobby and about the ukulele. So um, I think it might be time for a little bit of a song. What do you think, Jazz? Yeah, fantastic. I asked uh, Jazz to bring her ukulele along and to um, entertain us with a little bit of um, music. So what would you like to play first? I'd like to play a song called Out in the Late. It is a song named after a saying that one of my daughter's friends had. Out in the Late means going out on nighttime adventures, basically. And this was written when those kiddos were about four years old. So, um, yeah, it was written in Canberra about nighttime adventures around Canberra. Awesome. Take it away. Singing on a weeknight, stars are bright, headlights pass us by. Why wait for the weekend, live to the fullest It's past your bedtime, but it's alright Let's drive out tonight You my little passenger, live to the fullest Sun is down, stars are up Out in the late, sun is down Stars are up out in the late with you. Looking for adventure, touched by night, 
Finding cold, sweet delights Exploring under city lights Live to the fullest Sun is down, stars are up Out in the late Sun is down, stars are up Out in the late with you Dancing through dark streets, music and smoke it seems Traffic and people relaxed up to nightfall Lights sparkle, flicker, dimmer they twinkle Warm before too late, work sure can wait Sun is down, stars are up Out in the late Sun is down, stars are up Out in the late Whoa Out in the late Whoa Out in the late Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. We hardly ever have live music here in SFM, so thank you very much. Um, Jade, so out in the late, you out said. Out in the late. Oh, because I thought you said out in the lake at the oh, start. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that's an interesting way of Annunciation is all important on radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just my um, headphones piling up probably. Um, no, I really like that. So tell me a bit about... Um, how you write songs do you have kind of like a process like do you start just with some chords or do you start with words or does it is it just a bit this is yes fm 100.3 bringing you the best of so what do you find happens when you when you're writing i'd really like to have more of a process <laughs> uh but yeah i often start with words i find having a concept really helps focus that idea for the song uh, and then I have some music theory behind me so I can usually find a way of crafting the music to suit the theme of the song. Mm, I noticed you um, playing quite a few little tricky chords. Well, I don't know if they're tricky, probably tricky for me, but you were changing chords quite quickly in, yeah. in parts of that song, like the goes a do 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 yeah. like with four different chords quite quickly, which I was very impressed by oh. because when I write songs on the guitar or use ukulele, it's definitely just like a four-chord song and not changing them <laughs> very quickly from one to the other. <laughs> so um, I'm at a very basic level, but that was really beautiful. Oh, thank you. And, um, so do you uh, record yourself playing the songs ever or do you just sort of play them? Yeah, well... Write, um, just write down the lyrics? Like how do you remember the song? Sometimes I write a song and I just write it down on in words and write the chords next to it and then a year later or something I might look at it and think, oh, God, how does this go again, you know? Yeah, I have quite a thorough file-keeping system but I'm probably an anomaly among songwriters on that front. <laughs> Uh, I usually keep a sheet of the lyrics and write down the chords as letters and then also keep a just a voice memo most of the time of the song. But um, I am hoping to record more of my songs and share more of them. Recently, I've been doing this seven songs in seven days process. There have been a couple of facilitated groups on Facebook where the idea is you write seven new songs in seven days. So it's a pretty intensive period of time. And for that, I've been recording them as voice memos or um, just recording little bits in my home with various bits of musical recording equipment and then putting them up on SoundCloud. 
Mm, okay. Um, so one other thing I wanted to – well, it just came to me – was that I know, um, Dad, that you work full-time and you have a very busy um, job and um, at uh, CSIRO. And how do you carve out that time to make sure that you – and I know you also have um, a daughter. And why do you – how do you, I should say, carve out the time to, to write and and – Record and play and, I mean, do you find that easy or is it? do you have to really try hard to find that time? I try not to watch too much TV and not <laughs> to scroll too much social media. Yeah, the big time wastes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually work only four days a week over five, so it's technically part-time and that gives me a little bit of freedom to do the other important things in life, like making sure I can get the shopping done focus on my mental health and you know music is a big part of that oh absolutely i think that it's um probably better than most um treatments <laughs> for, for mental health played seeing a little bit of music always makes you feel better um and there's you know i find for me there's certain songs uh by other artists you know <laughs> um that i can just put on one song on on the cd or on spotify or what have you mm-hmm. and that absolutely instantly shifts your mood. Do you find that? Yeah, and there is science to back that. I did a little bit of research myself. Um, according to the John Hopkins, Medi- John Hopkins Medicines website, uh, research has shown that listening to music can reduce anxiety, blood pressure and pain, as well as improve sleep quality, mood, mental alertness and memory. There's also a review of 26 studies that found that music can provide a clinically significant boost to mental health, and that was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association Network Open. Mm, yeah, that's right. So uh, doctors should really be prescribing music, <laughs> I think. And, I mean, to me, part of that, the music, it's the vibration, the energy and vibration of the music, you know, that it's... um the same as in many other um, alternative sort of treatments where um, it's like you've got sound therapy, you know, sound healing, all that kind of thing, um, and music is just vibration like any other. So I think that that's um, part of that. But uh, I think also it when it is music that you like, like uh, it's just incredible how quickly you can you can shift from just being like oh to being just like for me I find anyway I can go dancing around the kitchen or whatever if I play do you know there's a do you know the band um Canadian band called Great Big C you ever heard of them yeah I have heard of them but yeah. I wouldn't be able to name a song of theirs oh well their their first album was called Play and um it's really great and just the first song on that album. I should have brought it along <laughs> to play it. Um, it's such a great one and it's about kind of um, – it's sort of about uh, mental health in the way that it's it's about being resilient and, and about um, – it's just called An Ordinary Day. And one of the lyrics is just, um, you know, way, hey, hey, it's just an ordinary day and it's all your state of mind. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's about those kinds of things anyway and I just really love it. It makes me just go, you know, yeah, I love singing along. Um, and yeah. even when it comes to physical pain, I remember particularly when I went into labour, I'd prepared with a playlist of songs that I knew would help work me through that time. So there's definite benefits to listening to music in those situations mm. as well. So you actually were in a frame of mind to say, okay, let's put the playlist on now <laughs> and didn't forget it? <laughs> um, I had pre-prepared my uh, my partner to make sure <laughs> that it was ready and 
went and it was good to go. Yeah. But it, yeah. I don't think I prepared enough music, honestly. My labour went on longer than I'd hoped. <laughs> just, just put it on repeat. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, and it was fine. That was helpful. And it was familiar songs that I could focus on when everything else was really full on. Indeed. There was a lot to that experience that I felt like I wasn't prepared for. Well, that way. That, that's that's the way it is, especially, you know, the first time. And um, it just makes me laugh because there's so many women, um, I mean, myself included, who, you know, plan to do labour or plan oh planned for yes. the things. Yep. How, my birth plan, <laughs> you know. I had such a great birth plan and, it, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's why I was thinking, you know, did you actually remember to play the music? Because... <laughs> It's like, okay, I'm going to have candles and I'm going to have music and I'm going to have, you know, this and that. It's all going to be wonderful. And then, like, when you're in it, it's just yeah. like, you're just like, and the reality, ah, whatever. Oh, I was actually really sick. I was I was vomiting a lot. <laughs> so, and that was something I didn't even know was uh, um, a thing, you know. Vomiting during labour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, my, actually. My mum told me, like, I don't know, 12 hours beforehand. And I was like, she said that she had been really sick. And I was like, oh, thanks, mum. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Thanks for the heads up. Maybe, uh, you know, if you know further enough ahead, maybe you'd never do it. I don't know. My birth plan is going to include a bucket. <laughs> a lot of Powerade. Um, yeah. Oh, dear. Have you written any songs about, um, you know, birth or having babies or just what how having children changed you? Has any of that been a theme in your songs? Uh, yes. Uh, I probably couldn't play it for you today, but um, I did write one about my daughter's birth and it, she was born on Christmas Eve so it's a beautiful Christmas oh. song um, but it's also like you almost killed me I'm so glad we're alive <laughs> <laughs> oh do you mean and does she like that song <laughs> <laughs> um, oh I don't know if I played it for her honestly I did play it though um, to get into an A&E course songwriting and I did get accepted into that course. It was called a Song to Studio and I got to write a song in four weeks and record it in the ANU studios and that was just such a phenomenal experience. And that's part of the community school that they have at the Australian National University. So if there are people out there who are keen on music, whether you're young or um, an adult learner, there are all these great programs at ANU to bring people together and help them build their music skills Mm. So what happened in that in that workshop? It sounds amazing. Yeah, so it was two weeks focusing on the songwriting aspect and helping us uh, develop our toolkit around that. So things around chord theory, lyrics, and then um, we had a little bit of time to prepare our songs and get feedback on them from the tutors. And then it was pretty much straight into the studio after that and recording the song and then looking at the production side. So we went into um, their computer facilities and were working on their digital audio workstations, their doors, as they call them, and, um, yeah, producing. Wow. It, it sounds like it could be um, a little stressful, though. Like, do you find that you have to be in the mood to write a song? Because I always do. Uh, I've worked out that if I wait to be in the mood, I'm never in the mood. <laughs> but for that one, it was really good having that pressure. And they did come into it saying, look, you know, you can bring something you've already written, but you're ripping yourself off in a sense because, you know, it's part of the process having those time pressures and finding something that's right for you now and using all the tools that we're providing to you to write something new. Mm. Um, 
So I trusted in the process and I wrote something that I'm really pleased with. Um, it was an anxious time and, again, it was helping channel those emotions and the piece is called In the Dark of Mind. Um, yeah, but I'm so pleased with how it came out. I wrote it on piano, which was something that was, at the time, a big deal for me because it had all that youthful anxiety associated with it. And um, it's one of the most technically challenging things I've written. Yeah. Um, and have you got that um, – I should have got you to bring a recording. Oh, that that's a, so there is a podcast out there called um, How Did You Write That Song? And I talk about the process of me writing that song on oh, that podcast. Okay. That's available on Spotify and Apple Music. How Did You Write That Song? That's what it's called. Yeah, How Did You Write That Song? Okay, all right. Well, that's a good tip. Um, so, all right. Well, uh, on YesFM, we've been having a lovely chat with Jess. Uh, Jasmine Fellows about music and ukuleles and songwriting and all those sorts of things. Um, yeah, it's interesting about we say about if you f- wait till you're in the mood, you'll never be in the mood. Um, it's kind of like waiting for motivation to strike and for anything. And the only thing that really um, can help motivation is action so that it's like, you know, you can't wait till you're in the mood to be motivated either. <laughs> I've been finding that ways. a lot. You know? As well, the more you do something, the more motivated you mm. are to do it because you've seen the results of having mm. done it. Okay, that's a bit of a loop, but you know what mm, I mean? Mm, mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It can still hard to be hard to get going though. For me, I... Um, in During COVID, I found... Like, I'd always wanted to write a song and I you know, sort of half tried over the years and never got anywhere. And then somehow during COVID, I don't know what happened, but I, like, I don't know where you get, when you get um, your ideas, we can, you can tell me about that. Um, But very often I get ideas while I'm walking my dog um, up in our uh, reserve near where I live. And um, I might just get like a couple of words or a little tune or a verse or something. And then I normally just, um, keep repeating it, you know, because I um, haven't got the phone. I don't usually have my phone, so I don't record it or anything. Just repeat it um, until I get home and then write it down and whatever. And then I just did that one day and then I literally went home and on the, it was on the piano too. Um, just like this thing just came out, this this song that needed to come out. And, um, and sometimes what I find even really annoying is that I'll just be hanging in the washing or something outside and I'll just start singing this song and it just comes out and it all rhymes and everything. It's amazing. And then I go inside to write it down and boom, <laughs> it's like, I can't even remember it anymore. Like, what do you, have you ever had songs just come to you and go through you and, and they've gone? That is a common experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's okay as well. A bit frustrating, yes, but sometimes a song is there for a time, for a reason, and then it can slip away and it's just part of that ephemeral nature of music i mm. love it mm. yeah it's it's quite i mean it's almost like a healing thing in that in that time or it can be a healing thing just in that time um so let's have a little bit more music and i sure. i brought my um well i brought a couple of drums along i don't know to to accompany you <laughs> just have a little bit of a jam on the radio let's just see how they sound i've got two so i have my um i have one um djembe drum so I can see what this sounds like um, see how that comes across <laughs> does that sound alright or I have another option 
which is a um, medicine drum that I made a few years ago. So that sounds very different. Oh. Or I can put my hand in here and it can be a bit. Oh. That's so lovely. And so after this, I've, I'm keen to hear more about your drum making workshops, Kat. <laughs> um, I think let's go with the djembe yeah. and we'll play. What kind of thing are you playing? It's going to be uh, a cheery, another cheery family song. Cheery family song. Hmm. And it's going to be a little bit interactive. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. So okay. Um, yep. we'll write a little bit of it live on air right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be good. We'll work through it. Let's go for it. Here yeah. on Yes FM, first time ever <laughs> making a song as we go. <laughs> How's that feeling? Good? Sure. And that's one of the really nice things about music. You just go with the flow, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Llama, llama, llama. Llama, llama, llama. Llama. Llama, llama, llama. Llama. Llama, llama, llama. Moo. Oh, you've got big ears. <laughs> oh, 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 and such big teeth. <laughs> llama, 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 so fluffy. Llama, 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 so fluffy. Llama, 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 and soft. Llama, 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 oh, so great. Okay, so I had that little bit... Um, from one of those bath times with the family, right? Yeah. And then I took it to my band and they were like, great song, Jazz. It's a little bit short, right? Uh, have you got some more words? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Um, so I went to chat GPT, as you do, <laughs> to get a few more words. Nice little extra rhyme in the middle. And this is what we came up with. Lama, lama, lama. Lama. Lama lama lama, lama loo. Lama lama lama, I love you. Lama lama lama, how about you? <laughs> oh, 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 you've got big eyes. They make you look so very wise and surprised. <laughs> lama lama lama, so fluffy and soft. Lama lama lama, so fluffy and cute. Lama lama lama, lama lama lama, oh so great. Do you want to come up with another rhyme for the middle? A lama 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 rhyme. So yeah yeah, let's um think about another llama feature. Let's see what we've got. Okay. Um, you've you've picked a few. So what else does a llama have? A llama has a bit of an attitude. Attitude. Or well, at least the alpacas do, and they're like llamas, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Attitude. Your attitudes are very rude. Let's go with that. <laughs> llama, llama, llama. Llama. Llama, llama, llama. Llama, llama, llama. Llama, llama, llama. Llama, you've got attitude. <laughs> and it's a bit rude. You're very haughty. You look down your nose at us. <laughs> llama, 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 so You're fluffy. <laughs> and naughty. Llama, 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 so fluffy. 
Lama lama lama, lama lama lama. Oh, so great, so cool, so great, so fluffy. <laughs> well, that was definitely a first. <laughs> about llamas and we've even enticed Joe to come into the studio to laugh and sing or well laugh along no, maybe not I sing with us. Was, I walked in and heard llama llama llama. Does that work? I don't know. I can't hear you. Yeah. No. She'll come over here. I just walked into the studio and all I could hear was llama 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 laughing and <laughs> thinking what on earth was going on and then I saw two very smiley happy faces. And now I'm smiley and happy, so it's worked. I think, was that, was that the point, to make you smile and laugh? Yeah. Well, we were talking before, um, Jazz and I, about um, about music uh, and how it changes the mood and, oh. and how it can really just um, uh, make your mental health instantly better. So, yeah, we've done I it with Joe. instantly happy <laughs> after that. You can't tell not to be, so that's beautiful. Thank you. That's a yeah, perfect demonstration of the point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Joe will um, need to be stay happy until until her show coming up um, in a little while, but um, yeah, we still got a bit of time. So um, more llamas, more llamas. <laughs> we will get. We will. Do you have a third song that you can play before when we go out? I do, but it's no, not as cheery as the llama song. Oh, that's okay. Look, that's all right, isn't it? Because songs, even sad songs, you know, they can still make you feel good when yeah. you sing them. Like even because you know. Expressing your emotions, obviously, crying or anything else, like is good for you. It's it's a way to get stuff out and process stuff. And sometimes, if I'm feeling a bit sad, you know, I might, there might be some song come on or whatever um, that I can hear and I'll feel okay. But I find that if I start to sing along with that mm. song, I just even can't. It just makes me cry just singing, you know, along with that song. Which um, it's it's pretty amazing. It's really, cathartic. Don't you think? I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, the the amount of emotions that mm. that music can can have in it. Um, it's like if you go to you know, a, a, well for me, if I go to a orchestra classical mm. music concert, um, you know, I love to just like close my eyes and just listen. And sometimes that can make you know me cry as well. Just hearing some of those uh, notes, particularly in a string orchestra. Um, it's just the, one of the most powerful things there is. Mm, absolutely. And I remember, particularly as a teenager, when you have all those really big emotions and you can really feel them in your body, like playing an instrument, particularly one where there's a lot of physical movement, um, or yeah, even just singing along can just make such a difference. Mm. And so is your rest of your family into music as well? Yes. So we write songs as a family, like the... <laughs> Uh, initial kernels of the llama song. <laughs> uh, and then we have little family songs that help us get through the day as well. So um, my daughter likes having her getting dressed songs and has had them for years. And um, that's just now part of her routine. And um, she makes up songs during the day. My husband makes up songs during the day. And it just, again, lifts the mood and um, helps us get through. Mm. Yeah, I remember making up songs too with my kids when trying when they were little and and trying to get them to go to sleep at the end. And um, uh, I had this song about dreaming and and what they could dream of, and I would just make up random stuff 
you know, ridiculous stuff. Um, but, but they really liked it and that was always a really nice way. Um, can't say we've ever all um, come up with songs together, though. That sounds like a very special thing mm, <laughs> to mm. work on them together. Yeah, yeah. and um, my daughter, she's learning drums. So, um, yeah, she goes to Beck Taylor School of Music in Canberra and uh, learns to hit it out, and mm. that's great. And then um, my husband, he's learned a little bit of saxophone and hasn't necessarily got back into it, but it's there and, um, you know, it's okay to come and go from an instrument as well. Mm, yeah. I think really the most important thing, as you were saying earlier, is not to put pressure on yourself like that when we do when we are kids and we go to the piano lessons or whatever. <laughs> it's all very like, oh, do I have to do this? But just to enjoy the sounds that you can make at home, even if you never, ever play those songs in front of anyone or God forbid on radio, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so um, yeah, it's, it's just important to actually do it and not have this pressure of, of being perfect or, or being, having to be, it's like with so many things in life, isn't it? That mm. people think unless they're an expert in something, then that somehow means they're not qualified to talk about that or to do that or whatever. And I think music and uh, singing, unfortunately, it's really one of those things that mm. people just find and dancing too, mm. you know, I mean, which is part of music really, because dancing is just making music with your body. Right. Mm. Um, and, but so many people are like, I can't, I can't dance, which is, you know, patently untrue because anybody can actually move their, as long as you can move your body, yeah. you know, then you can dance, you can move to music. That's all it is. Mm. Um, I can't dance. I can't sing. Um, you know, where do you, where do you think that really comes from? Hmm. I'm not sure, but um, it's definitely a cultural thing here I don't think it's the case everywhere and I don't think it's always been the case historically. So um, hopefully we can shift the culture bit by bit to enjoy that because it is really what makes us different from the machines and the artificial intelligence and all those things that are starting to um, uh, rise in society. And it's so important to us expressing ourselves as humans that I think it's going to be important in the years to come yeah and and you're so right that it's you know in this culture because in many countries music is still very much part of of everyone's life and i mean even in this culture it's a part of of all kids life because i mean all kids listen to you know sing and dance and all those things just at home just naturally um but whether it's you know um school beating it out of it or just or you know people always say oh well I used to sing but then I got told I was out of tune so I never sang again and I mean that's a terrible thing right mm. that that one comment that somebody might make to you as a child means that for the rest of your life you say to yourself I can't sing and therefore you don't don't let it become part of your story there was definitely a time where I felt that I couldn't sing very well and I went to singing lessons because I was like, I want to sing. I want to feel confident in my singing. And actually, I sing well enough and that's okay. And I have my voice and that's okay. We don't all have to sound the same. We don't have to tell the same stories. And, um, yeah, the types of songs I sing and write aren't like 
necessarily things that are in the top 100 on the radio. And that's actually a good thing. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I uh, – well, I look, honestly, in the car, I'll usually – well, I listen to Yes FM if I'm close enough to pick it up, of course. Um, but otherwise, I have ABC Classic FM. Um, and then I have Triple J sometimes if I just – if they're playing opera on ABC, I just don't really – Still not really into opera, so I flick it over to Triple J. But sometimes even that now, I just think, oh, some of these, some of the music. Um, I mean, I know I'm old and everything, but um, a lot of it, even my kids say, you know, like, oh, this new music is is all. <laughs> a lot of it. Um, I, what I like is I like music and and songs that like what you've played. Um, that into the dark, you know, as an example, is a real story about something about something real. Um, and I, and I just really love to listen to songs that are just about funny, quirky things. Mm. Um, I don't know if you know Darren Hanlon, but, um, Mm. yeah, he writes great songs, hey, about really funny everyday stuff. And the other night we had a festival of small halls concert in Dalton where I live. And there was a young, uh, woman from, well, she's a teenager from, Queen Bian, Ruby Holden, I think her name was, and she sang this really sweet song about the fact that she went to a busking competition, left her guitar on top of the car for a minute, and then something happened, and I don't know, her mum reversed the car, and they forgot the guitar was on top, and she basically, it, it came off, and then she drove over it and completely oh my gosh. <laughs> smashed the guitar. <laughs> and so the girl was quite upset by this, as you would imagine. And anyway, so she wrote a song about mm. about how she had been in uh, how much she loved that guitar and it was basically a love song to a you know to someone she'd lost but it was like the guitar and it was just really beautiful (laughs) it's beautiful and I just thought that's so sweet you know I just it's really nice to have something like I wrote um, during that time in COVID you know I wrote a song about COVID and about how how you couldn't you weren't allowed to go anywhere or do anything or anything like that um, which was a bit of just a silly song and um, and then another daft one um was about just from a comment that um, one of my um, kids made. Um, I was dancing at some, I don't know, music performance thing, just like in the crowd. And like they were at a teenager age where they're really embarrassed by things, you know. <laughs> and it's like, how? why did you do that? You know, what if people looked at you weirdly? And I was like, oh, my God, that's a brilliant, you know, line for a song. It's like, you know, what if people look at me weirdly and... <laughs> You know, I just wrote this song in this car on the way home. Right. And um, and uh, it just, just comes out, doesn't it, you know, sometimes. Like, are you just like running along or walking along sometimes and just, you know, whoop, that comes a song? Um, it's not always that easy for me. Uh, there are a few that have come out like that, but usually it's the the words will come out and then I'll find a way to set them to music. Mm. Yeah, right. But okay. I love how hearing how different processes work for different songwriters. It's always really fascinating. And I think that's one reason why songwriting can be a little bit intimidating, but also shouldn't be, Mm. um, because we can't can't really say how you write a song because there's just so many different ways people go about it Mm. and, more importantly, just express how you feel. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And for me, I don't really sort of know a lot about – I'm sure my piano teacher would roll in her grave if she's in it, but I don't – really know much about chord theory or anything and when I write a song I just sort of sing it and then I just find a chord that goes with it so you know and it's usually only about two or three or four at the most in a song um I would like to learn how to to incorporate I suppose more different 
um, fields within a song because mm. they, they're very often just very similar, you know, repeating, but, you know, um, I'll get there. So it's nearly out of time, unbelievably, but I would love to hear another song sure. from you, Jazz, um, on the ukulele. And so what song would you like to take us out with? This one's called Light in the Mist, and it's about... The last week I spent with my mother before she passed away. Oh, okay, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. So um, we'd love to hear Jazz here on Yas FM singing this song into the... Uh, light in the Mist. Light in the Mist. Okay, take it away. It's impossible to tell Before the day's begun If it's happening this day or on another one Each day's a little shorter Though I can hardly tell As they spin and blur together Like some nasty spell I've heard the call and so I must come My spirits will fall But you're the only one I'll be there in the dark Despite my fears Damp on my cheek Glistening tears See the light in the mist I've never known such peace Or blessings set in song The moments passing precious We never had that long We sit around and share The stories and your truth Weaving words together Of times and tides and youth I've heard the call and so I must come My spirits will fall But you're the only one I'll be there in the dark despite my fears Damp on my cheek listening tears See the light in the mist Every mother is a daughter Each day leaves life a little shorter I've heard the call and so I must come My spirits will fall But you're the only one I'll be there in the dark despite my fears Damp on my cheek glistening tears See the light in the mist I see light in the mist That's beautiful. Thanks, Jazz. Um, hope I didn't put you off just then, playing, take a little video of her. Not at all. <laughs> I thought you might like to have that for your um, social medias. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's time to go to the news here on YesFM, but thank you so much for coming in, Jazz. That was really good. And where could people find you playing, singing, online, what have you? Where can people find you and your music? Absolutely. I am jasmine.fellows.music on Instagram and I'm also jasminefellows on SoundCloud.